Thank you. Uh, this is really an honor to be able to be here and tell my story. Um, I'll start. So my name is Bobby, um, Bobby M. I'm from uh, Massachusetts, and um, I've been in program now for uh, March 8th of 2000, so 22 years um, going on. This will be my 22nd, uh, God willing, uh, abstinent Thanksgiving. So I came in, and I have a just, I'll put my numbers out there before I forget. I came in, and I released 130 pounds. And I have uh, maintained that weight loss. Um, not perfectly, and I, it's part of my story. I don't have perfect back-to-back -back abstinence. But right now, I have uh, five years of back-to-back -back again. Um, I had a long time abstinence, and then I allowed the gifts of program to kind of let me get a little bit lazy. I don't know if I want to use the word lazy, but uh, not as vigilant maybe as I should have been. And like I like to say, if any of you have ever looked at the coast of Cape Cod 20 years ago, it looks very different now because of erosion. And that's what happened to me. My program started to erode. I'll get to that. So I came into program at 260 pounds. I'm four foot 11. So you can imagine, I was as wide as I was tall. I am built a very pear-shaped. I wish I could show you my pictures, um, but I will give you a visualization. So my rear end was the size of a barn door, and I could still wear normal ladies' size large, um, but I had to wear a bottom 24, and I was probably starting to scream out of that, squeeze out of that. Um, so uh, really, I. Uh, I cannot even believe when I look at those pictures. However, I sometimes still think I'm that person. Uh, so even though it's been 22 years um, of not, well, 21, it took me a little bit over a year to lose that 130 pounds, just about a year. And um, my first, so when I came to the program to start, I was desperate. I would have done anything in the world. I had been told by my doctor that if I didn't do something about my weight, um, I would be dead by the time I was 45, and I had no intentions of being dead. I was not a food addict that wanted to die, nor did I ever entertain any ideas of suicide or anything like that. Uh, I still went out a lot. I hung out with my friends. I'm in other programs because I have other addictions also, but I will focus on the food addiction. And thank God it was the food addiction. When I crossed that line that they talk about in the big book, where I no longer had any control whatsoever about what my arm did, you know, that automatically in the bag, into the mouth, into the bag, into the mouth, the constant thought about where and how I'm going to get my food, what am I going to do, and God help you if you got in my way of that last thing on the, uh, you know, um, uh, in the you know on the table or anything that was a sweet thing I am a hardcore sugar addict that really is what I am I'm a hard hardcore sugar addict there is nothing different from me and a heroin addict when it comes to me getting my sugar I would be so angry if anybody touched the sweet things sitting on the table that I had my eyeballs on and um, I didn't think there was any reason to eat anything else other than sugar and flour products and that is what I subsisted on. I really did. So when I was a teenager and a young kid, I wasn't heavy at all. When I was a teenager, I was on the other end of this disease. 
I was a restrictor from the time I was 13 until I was 25. And then my disease took control of me. I no longer could control my disease. And um, I became a self-fulfilling uh, you know, uh, idea, prophecy. Uh, I used to worry I was going to be fat. And sure enough, I went past that. I was morbidly obese. My blood pressure at the time of my, when the doctor told me I had to do something, my blood pressure was like 200 something over 150 and I was ready to have a stroke. So I came into OA and I came in specifically not to lose weight because honest to God, when you've got 130 pounds to lose or over 100 pounds to lose, I'm sure people will be able to relate to me. You honest to God don't think there's anything that's going to help you. I sort of figured this is it. I just want to feel comfortable again. I just want to be sane. I knew that I was kind of crazy about things, food and worrying all the time and fearful all the time and, you know, uh, just like angry. I had incredible rage. When I put a sugar product in my body, I become incredibly rageful. I'm the person that's blinking their lights at you, on your rear end driving, screaming at you, yelling at people, you know, uh, being wonderful one moment and then all of a sudden I'd flip like a switch and be having a complete screaming fit with someone. And, um, and I do not do that. As soon as the sugar was out of my body, my body and I no longer have rage issues. Not that I don't get annoyed, but I don't have rage issues that are out of control. I don't see red anymore. And I always say, thank God I was built and made a four foot eleven girl and not a you know six foot eleven or six foot you know tall man because I've been in jail for murder right now because I know that I had that capability when it when it came to my rage. So anyways, uh, I came in March 8th, 2000. I came in through another program, and I came in for the steps because I didn't think I'd ever lose that weight. So I thought, oh, well, the steps will at least help me to deal with life on life's terms. And um, so I came in, and, uh, and I saw the miracle of working the steps and that kind of thing in my other program with the people that were in it. So I thought, why not work for me? And I heard God say to me, you treat sugar like other people treat, you know, alcohol and things. When I did my first, when I was sitting there doing the steps one day, hearing the steps, and I knew I had a problem. So I, I came to a meeting finally. Now, now not immediately because my birthday is in October and I came in March, so not immediately. But I came in finally because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I came into the OA meeting. There's meetings right be in my practically in my backyard uh, where I live here in Waltham, Mass. And um, I did not realize when I went to this meeting that I was falling into the 90-day program. But, you know, God has his own plan for you. So I came in and I heard that first meeting that pictures, I saw pictures of people who had lost over 100 pounds. And I'm thinking, holy mackerel, I couldn't believe it was true. And I heard people say that they put sugar down and they did this. I didn't hear the flour thing for me, but I heard that people said this. And I thought, well, if it works for them, why wouldn't it work for me? I came home that night. Now, I was eating right up till I went to that meeting. I came to that meeting, went to that meeting, came home, got on my knees, and I said, God, please take away of this compulsion of mine to eat sugar. And it was lifted that night. So how in the world can you be eating, 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 and then the next day, never touch sugar since March 8th of 2000. 
I have not had any sugar in my body. That is amazing. That is God. God did that for me. There's no way I could stop myself. The little things with the M on them had more power over me than all my wonderful self-knowledge. So I, I was relieved. And then I got, I didn't get a sponsor right away. I did my own program where I just ate three meals, uh, no sugar, and I knew, heard him say nothing in between, so I did that. And, um, you know, um, because the 90-day program is no sugar, no flour, three weighted measured meals a day, nothing in between. Um, so I, I heard that. And I lost from March 8th to March 31st 31 pounds, which goes to show how much crap was going into my mouth all the time. How much junk was I eating? So right there. And I lost all that weight. And then I lost about 15 pounds a month after that for a while. Then it went down a little bit lower. So by the following March or May, I was down um, my 130 pounds. Uh, and um, my life completely changed, completely changed. I went from somebody that, you know, I have a story that I like to share that I was at uh, the stop. And I was having a torrid love affair with Ben and Jerry. They were my boyfriends, you know, torrid love affair. And, um, you know, I was at a, a stop and shop grocery store up here, and I was looking for a certain flavor, and I needed that flavor, just just like a heroin addict jonesing for their fix. I'm jonesing for that one flavor. And I'm looking in the case, and I can't find it. And I'm then all of a sudden I start moving them around, moving the cartons all around, all around, all around, until finally, now I'm in a panic. I'm in an incredible panic because I can't find my flavor, and it has to be that flavor. It has to be that. And um, I finally, way in the back, there's a little light almost like, ah, uh, from my freezer burn um, carton of this certain flavor that I needed. And I got it, and all of a sudden, I felt calm, just like I do now when I ask God for help or I say the serenity prayer. But when I put my hand on that carton, of Ben and Jerry's, my body calmed right down. And I looked around and I thought, what the hell? Who the frig did this? Look at this. They better bet take better case of take better care of their cases. I had destroyed the whole case looking for that. Now that is not normal. That is something a food addict would do because or a drug addict would do. So therefore I know that I am alcoholic thinking or addict because no sane person would destroy a whole case looking for one certain flavor. They would either say, well, this flavor will do, or they would say, never mind, I don't need to have it. I could not stop, could not stop. I did the uh, pay-and-go weight programs, um, you know, and uh, they're wonderful programs for those people who are not food addicts. But a person who's a food addict needs a little bit more intensive care. You know, it's like medicine. And aspirins were great for most people. But if you're a migraine and have horrific migraines, you're not going to use just a little aspirin. You're going to need something more intensive. And for me, that intensive medicine is going to three meetings a week and, and uh, doing the step work and working tools and weighing and measuring my food because I have no clue. I have proven to myself from the time I was 13 until now that I have no clue. 
you know, uh, for me, a certain amount, four ounces of protein could look like, you know, uh, a 16-ounce steak, or it could look like one ounce of something. So I can't, I, I can't be trusted around things without weighing and measuring my food. I have to have boundaries. I do not weigh and measure when I go to a restaurant, but I've learned how to deal with restaurant food too. So let's see, my life completely changed. The weight flew off, flew off. I had the worst detox ever, ever. I was freezing all the time. Um, I had the shakes. I was exhausted, um, headaches, you name it. And um, I have uh, set up in my room at the time, I set up in my home, my no eating zone, which is always my no eating zone, is my bedroom. I spent a lot of time in bed. I spent a lot of time reading in the afternoon after I come home from work or whatever I was doing. Uh, you know, um, and I would do things like read literature before each of my meals and then read it afterwards, uh, anything to help me. And um, so I came to the program and I got involved in a close study of the 12 steps immediately, uh, which I believe probably helped me. I also did not use artificial sweeteners. The sponsor I had at the time uh, told me that all that is is a sugar substitute so that just would keep the uh, cravings for sugar alive. Uh, which I believe is very logical and true. So I did not, um, you know, uh, do anything for the first eight months. I, first eight months in program, I did not use any artificial sweeteners. I learned to drink black coffee and black tea, you know, and that kind of thing. So uh, and if you had told me ever I'd be drinking black coffee, I would have called you a big fat liar. You're full of baloney. But I also would have told you that when I was 13, 16 years old, that I'd ever have been 260 pounds. I would have told you that that's full of baloney. I would never weigh that much. Never, ever, ever. And, you know, so my mother used to tell me, never say never. And that's true. So I came in, and um, when I was down probably about 50, 60 pounds, my mother died four months after I came into program. And I did not overeat over that. I did not pick up. My dad died six months after my mother died. Again, I did not pick up my food. Um, I just kept close to program. And the people in program and OA came to the res their memorial services and were there for me. And I will be forever, ever grateful for this program. It saved my life. I would have been dead. I kid you not. You know, uh, the way I was eating, 300 would have been the next. I would have dropped dead of a stroke. I know I would have. Probably beat my father to the grave. Um, so I came, went through all that. I've been through relationships, bake, breakups, and things like that and didn't eat. But what happened to me is that, you know, my program just started to roll. So oh, that's what I wanted to say was, so because of losing all this weight and um, becoming, doing the step work, a lot of step work, uh, allowed me and listening to other people in program how they did things and changed their lives and went back to school and all sorts of stuff. Well, I had always wanted to be a teacher from the time I was nine years old. So all I ever wanted to do, but when I came out of college, um, there were no teaching jobs available. And so I kind of put that dream, I deferred that dream and put it up on a shelf to collect dust. And um, I worked at other places, which was great, and eventually, eventually decided to go back to teaching and went back as TA, and to make a long story short, through the grace of God and mentors and angels put in my place, I went back and got my master's degree 
in special education, and now I am fulfilling my dream of being a teacher, which is all I ever wanted to do. And I would not have been able to do that if I was in program. First of all, I wouldn't, I'm a special education teacher, and um, I could not, and I work with middle school and high school kids on the spectrum. So there is no way I could have the patience to work with these kids if I was still in the food. And who would want, what teenager or a 14-year-old or any kid would want somebody who's as big as a house following them around or talking to them? I'm able to keep up with my kids, you know, my students. I run around with them. I do all sorts of stuff. I'm, you know, um, I run a cooking club, which is kind of funny, but I'm, uh, that's another blessing. Food does not call me now. I can be around it. I can bake it. I can do whatever, and um, which I could not do in the beginning. I could not be near it at all. But now it doesn't bother me. Uh, it's like uh, perfume. I love perfume. It smells great, but I'm not going to drink it or eat it, you know, oh, and five, same thing. Pardon, five minutes? Thank you. Five minutes, reminder. Thank you. Um, and so I don't, I'm not going to drink it. Same thing. I love Impressionist paintings, but I'm not going to sit down and eat a Monet. So that's how I think of food right now. And, um, you know, luckily it's quiet. Uh, my program did erode because I got so busy and had the most wonderful gifts that God's given me as a result of doing program, so it slowly eroded. I never picked up sugar, and I never picked up flour, but I started doing the old, oh, it's busy, I don't have time to cook, I'll stop at the salad bar at Whole Foods, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. Well, you know what? I can't trust myself even around those things. I have to go in with a definite plan, and I have to do less than I think is right. Because left to my own devices, I'm going to be making a salad that would feed four of us. You know, and um, so that's, you know, I've come into program. I have an incredible life now. Um, I am so incredibly grateful. I have not been, I've gone like places. I go on vacation. I go out for restaurants. I have a very, I had a busy social life before I came to program. I have a busy social life even now in program. I was never one of those isolators. So for me, it's good to stay home and be quiet and not be running around. I wasn't one of those food addicts that put the blinds down and ate. No, I was out and out and out, you know. And um, so now I uh, do appreciate the quiet. Oh, I was another person that could never have quiet. I had it at the TV on or the radio or something, something. And now I drive miles sometimes without... You know, I go from where I live in Waltham down to the Cape. It's a good two or three hour ride sometimes because I go all the way down to the end. And um, I don't even turn the radio on, which is amazing. I talk to God. I hang out. I enjoy quiet now, uh, you know, and um, I'm just really different. And I'm so, so grateful that tomorrow I have a plan in place. I will not be eating all the other stuff that everybody else does. I will eat three weighted. I will eat three meals. Not not going to be weighted measured every meal. Two of them will be weighted measured. But I'm because I'm going out tomorrow with some friends, uh, an OA friend and a couple other friends, civilian friends. And um, I will. I have a plan. And you know, it doesn't include on hitting every single sweet place in the in the you know uh, the where I live. It's a plan I have. I am going to get up and speak at the Thankathon here that Mass Bay Intergroup puts on. I do a lot of service. 
I believe service has kept me in program, and it's important to stay inside the herd and not be on the outsides because we know what happens to the wildebeests when they're on the outsides. The lion gets them and brings them down and kills them and eats them. And I do not want to be eaten by this disease or killed by this disease. You know, um, I still suffer with body dysmorphia. I struggle sometimes. Some days I'm happy with my body and other days I'm not. You know, um, I think I'm fat when I'm not. And sometimes I think I'm not fat when I feel like I've put weight on. So, you know, whatever. I'm just going to always struggle with that, and I've accepted that. But you know what? I'm so grateful. So I went from a size 24 to an 8 petite. I can wear sometimes in dresses. I can do a 4 or a 6, depending on the style style of the dress. I can wear... One minute reminder. One minute reminder. Thank you. And then I'll just finish with this, that I, how I work my program is I don't eat sugar, I don't eat flour, I do not eat snacks or anything in between. I drink, um, I do still do black tea or black coffee in between um, my meals. Uh, I do not overdo them because then that would mean I'd have to put them down and I don't want to put them down. So therefore, I don't treat them like addictive. I uh, do my tools to the best of my ability. I do three meetings, four meetings a week. I'm in the middle of completing my big book step study process. Uh, the steps are the most important part of this. Otherwise, I might as well be just doing a doing a pay and go thing. So, you know, um, the steps is where I've learned to why I eat. The steps is how I live life on life's terms. And the food was my uh, symptom. You know, I used that. Uh, for something else that was the God-sized hole. And now I don't need to do that because I have an incredible relationship with God, my best, best friend, or it is, uh, you know, the creator, the great architect of the universe is the way I like to think of it. Um, so my, I'm uh, thrilled that I was able to qualify here and uh, look forward to hearing other people. Thank you for letting me uh, share my story. Thank you, Bobby. 